Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. I am, of course, your host, David. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the podcast. Of course, the podcasts are really more focusing on the fundamental concepts and ideas around what's driving a lot of the need for digital well-being, what's driving a lot of the need for change in our relationships with the technology and screen, and really why has it gotten to the state that it has. And wanting to talk today about a couple of books, actually, that I found really inspiring over the last few years um, that have really shaped a lot of my thinking around screens, around digital well-being, and gives us an insight into why we have you know, gotten to the state in which we are today, where people just seem so consumed by screens, just seem so consumed by their phones and devices around them. You know, what, what's the reasoning, some of the reasoning list? I mean, it's a very complicated, very deep issue, lots to unpack. But I think this, what I want to talk about today is, is a really uh, key slice of that, so to speak, not the full issue, but really helps to conceptualize and, and help us understand at a high level, uh, you know, what, what is, what's the kind of part of the core of the problem. And today's podcast is effectively a comparison. It's between two authors. I'm sure you're familiar with some of them, one being Aldous Huxley and the other being George Orwell. I think Orwell's probably a little bit more famous than Aldous Huxley. Orwell, of course, wrote the famous um, book 1984. Now, now, I will admit I actually haven't read 1984, but I do sort of know what it's about. You know, it's the totalitarian future that's forecasted by Orwell back. I think he wrote it in the 50s. You're going to correct me if that's, you know, if that's wrong, but he wrote it several years before. It was like a futuristic style novel where he's trying to, you know, effectively predict what is the future going to be like. And the future that that Orwell saw in 1984 was one where people were effectively in control and controlled by, you know, a dictator, by a totalitarian, I can't even say the word, a totalitarian state. There we go. And that was his prediction of where life would be headed in 1984. Now, on the other side of the coin, now I don't think the authors, of course, did this in a in a, in a deliberate way, but it's an interesting comparison. You've got a guy called Aldous Huxley, um, and he is actually responsible for uh, writing a lot of books. Uh, one being a book called. Brave New World, and he wrote this back in the 30s, you know, I think a decade or two before uh, before Orwell wrote his futuristic you know, uh, version of the future, but Huxley effectively did the same thing. He wrote a fiction novel about what he thought the future would look like, and although it might seem that they seem to be similar books, Huxley and Orwell actually wrote really two uh, philosophically different books. Huxley um, wrote a book that you know the future is one where people are in you know are being controlled. The future is one that looks very different to what it is today, but the future isn't one where people are controlled by a totalitarian state. It's where people are controlled in a willing way, which is an odd thing to say. How could you decide to be controlled? But it's sort of what Huxley gets at is that, you know, we end up being controlled by not the things that we hate, but by the things that we love. Now, 
I have definitely stolen that very clever phrase from someone much, much smarter than me. And I've I've got a book here where I was introduced to this idea around Orwell versus Huxley. And it's a book by a guy called Neil Postman. And he wrote this back in the 80s. So which is sort of a time to reflect because he had wrote this, you know, shortly after, I think around 1984. So he can kind of reflect on, you know, where did life actually end up when you look at what Orwell and sort of what Huxley was predicting. But, you know, Neil Postman writes this book, Amusing Ourselves to Death, that effectively talks about how in the 80s, public discourse had really taken a turn for the worse, given the the advent of, of TV. And you can sort of see the very satire pictures there on the, on the cover of two individuals with these sort of TV heads. And, you know, Postman really takes issue with how politics, religion, other public discourse matters are being discussed on TV. And he kind of propagates this idea around the medium is the message that if you're receiving you know these these really difficult topics through tv you're going to be seeing them as entertainment topics not as actual topics to engage in a discussion and in a discourse which i think is is a pretty accurate way to, to, to view the world in in my opinion but we're not talking about Postman's book today, though I may do a podcast in the future about some of his ideas, and I definitely lean on a lot of them in, 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 what I, in, my, in my teaching, but I want to just open up his book and read an excerpt from the introduction that he wrote around this whole idea around you know, Orwell versus Huxley. This is actually in his foreword in the book. So he says what Orwell feared were those who would ban books. What Huxley feared was that there would be no reason to ban a book, for there would be no one who wanted to read one. Already it's kind of giving me chills. Orwell feared those who would deprive us of information. Huxley feared those who would give us so much that we'd be reduced to passivity and egoism. Again, think about just start to think about how this might fit in, in today's context into 2023. Orwell feared that the truth would be concealed from us. Huxley feared the truth would be drowned in a sea of irrelevance. Orwell feared we would become a captive culture. Huxley feared we would become a trivial culture, preoccupied with some equivalent of the feelies, the orgy-porgy and the centrifugal bumple puppy which is just some excerpts from the book they're just like some some sort of locations and concepts that that, that Huxley talks about effectively you know you know occupied with things that feel nice as Huxley remarked in Brave New World the civil libertarians and, and rationalists who are ever on the alert to oppose tyranny fail to take into account man's most almost infinite appetite for distractions in 1984, Huxley added, people are controlled by inflicting pain. In Brave New World, they are controlled by inflicting pleasure. In short, Orwell feared that we would, what we hate will ruin us. Huxley feared that what we love will ruin us. This book, so Postman's book, is about the possibility that Huxley, not Orwell, was right. But the possibility that the things that we love would destroy us not the things that we hate and i really think that is so true in 2023 we have come into a society we've built a society where it's about the things that we love that are really doing us detriment in the long run rather than the things that we hate 
I guess, what are the things that we love? Well, we love to feel important. We love to feel that we are top of the food chain. We love to feel noticed. We love to feel liked, which is okay. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong, but I'm just telling it, you know, what's, what is human nature? We want to feel like we're connected. We want to feel like we're a part of a community, a part of something. We also love dopamine. We love novelty. We love, you know, new and exciting things. Uh, we love to shift our attention. We love to use our system one thinking, which is an idea from Thinking Fast and Slow by uh, Daniel Kahneman. I can't even say his name right, excuse me, but um, I talk about that in my book a fair bit as well. But, you know, what do we love as a society? Uh, we love to avoid pain. And, I, you know, if you read Brave New World, and I would absolutely encourage you to read it, you begin to feel like Huxley has almost perfectly predicted a culture of screens, a culture where screens are at our disposal as they are in 2023. One of the most frightening things that, that Huxley uh, talks about in his book, you know, he introduces the concept of, of SOMA. And uh, Soma is effectively this drug that people can take in Huxley's futuristic world to allow them to just forget about the present difficulty. If there's an issue or if something's wrong, they can just take a bit of Soma and forget that there's a problem. And let me just read a description. I just have, I have this in my book. Uh, I need to find the page. Um, but you know, this is the description of, of what Soma does in, in Huxley's futuristic world. And this is from, from Brave New World. And if ever, by some unlucky chance, anything unpleasant should somehow happen, why, there's always Soma to give you a holiday from the facts. And that kind of describes what it's like. I mean, you read Huxley's book, and everyone, you know, the protagonists or any of the characters encounter a problem, they just take this soma, and instantly they they start thinking. You know, they start to sort of it's a drug, right? So they go on a trip, they they, they you know they they go into another state mentally, and they are allowed to forget about their problems. And soma, when you read it, really starts to sound like dopamine, and how we get dopamine hits from our devices and I'm sure you have probably seen this in someone else or you might have seen this in your own behavior but what tends to happen as soon as some you know we hit a problem or as soon as we hit a roadblock or if we're working on something in our lives like we're writing a document or we're trying to fix something and we hit a roadblock we stop and we reach for our phones because we want to avoid the difficulty and so we take a hit of dopamine take a hit of soma so to speak to avoid confronting the problem we have in front of us you know we get allowed to forget you know social media and our phones and even computer games and screens take us to realities that aren't that, that they don't don't reflect our real life they take us to to you know alternative universes that you know sounds quite dramatic, but really you know it's it's a perception of reality that people build for us through social media, and then we can interact with that when our life gets too hard, when problems come our way, we don't have to deal with them. We can look at 
the world on our phones, look at the world in our computer games, and we can forget about it. Just like the characters in Brave New World could do with Soma. And the similarities are terrifying. And it does feel like on that basis, you know, we do love our phones. We do love computer games. We do love screens. We love watching TV. We love, you know, all these things in our world. We, 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 when we are in our way controlled by the things that we love. And so I wanted to bring this idea to the podcast to get everyone thinking about this mindset shift. I think a lot of what needs to happen in the digital well-being space is a shift in our mindset, you know, understanding why we are where we are with our relationship with screens and with technology in general, why we are so in love with it. And you can hear that narrative as well, socially, through the media, through, through you know, lots of conversation that everyone has to be pro-technology. I mean, if you are an anti-technology, you are, you know, old school, old fashioned, there's all these critical words that are attached to you very, very quickly. If you are old school technology, if, if you don't like, you know, social media, you don't like using it, you know, if, if you're against it, if you're actively against it, and I think a lot of people in the digital well-being space, you know, kind of dance around this issue about, well, are you for or against it? Oh, no, no, of course, of course, I think it's good. I think, oh, you know, it's bringing benefits to society. Everyone has to be pro it, although there's this kind of undercurrent, like, hey, maybe something's a little bit wrong and maybe we should think about it a little bit differently. We're still pro, we still think that this has improved our society, right? And you can think about AI as well, the latest trend in that, right? Everyone's pro AI, you're really pro progress. And I think what the Center for Humane Technology is doing in America around trying to think about ways in which to regulate that, ways in which to step back and say, hey, when you introduce a new technology, you can't just let it run free because it's got more implications than just the technology. It's going to change society in a whole bunch of ways. But if you are against it, then you're, you're, you're a bad person, right? We love technology. We absolutely love technology, right? And I'm not saying, again, I think there's some great parts to it. Medical technology is mind-blowing. There, you know, the fact that I can sit here in my room and record this and share this with the world is incredible, right? There's fantastic technologies, and you know, it gives us great reason to love it. But we have taken our society to a stage where we are really controlled by technology in such a way that we love it, right? We love it, and we are controlled by it. And I think when you read. Huxley's book, when you read Postman's book, and you start to get your head around this, you start to really see the world for what it is. And it allows you to view your screens in a little bit of a different way. It allows you to view how you, when you pick up your phone and you notice when you avoid a problem or you avoid a conversation or you have a thought that you don't like, when you recount a conflict that you just had. I mean, I, I did this yesterday. I did this to myself yesterday. I had a conversation and a meeting at work that I didn't like where someone was confrontational and I backed out and I, I didn't, you know, I wasn't equally confrontational back, which I feel like I should have been. I picked up my phone. I started looking through Facebook straight after that meeting. I'm like, oh my God, like I'm avoiding the problem. I'm avoiding feeling the discomfort, right? And that's the world of Huxley. Huxley, if you read Brave New World, he, they, he built a world where people are allowed to avoid discomfort their entire lives. And I think that's what 
a lot of our screens allow us to do is avoid discomfort, but really it's in the discomfort that we're allowed to experience growth. And I probably don't want to get too much into that today, but I think that is a fundamental shift if you start to think about, you know, the the fact that we are being controlled by the things that we love, not by the things that we hate. And you start to see your screen in a different light. And when you when you do that, then you'll be able to approach screens and technology in a different way, in a really in a thoughtful way. And hopefully by doing that, you'll be able to you know, reduce your screen time and, and change your relationship with screens and technology. So thank you so much for listening today. I hope you got a little bit out of the podcast. Again, we'll be back next week with more, more topics like this and you know, probably talking through a few more books and things like that as well. So thanks so much and we'll speak to you soon.